Welcome to the Ryan Holt Show. On this show, you can expect the latest, the greatest, and the best curated content on business, marketing, automotive, and lifestyle. Sit back, put in your earplugs, and let's enjoy the ride. Now, as always, I want to make sure you get the best in content that will help you monster your goals, both personally and professionally. I want to keep this conversation going, so please check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at RyanHoltz1. And then go over to Facebook.com forward slash RyanHoltz Marketing, and we can chat there too. I also want you to visit www.ryanholtz.ca as this will be where I put my almighty beloved show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show. Let the beat drop and enjoy. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to episode 10 of the Ryan Holtz Show. Um, thank you so much for all the downloads, the listeners, the love, the feedback. I'm super, super, super happy uh, to have this next guest on. Um, He's going to round out my double-digit episode, which is episode 10. Uh, His name is Eric Chang. Um, Eric, I think I've seen through the grapevine, I don't know, years and years ago. And, I mean, just kind of see him in random places and... (laughs) <laughs> and, it, you know, finally we, we got to connect and uh, I'm super, super happy about that. Eric Chang is an entrepreneur and creative agency owner. His passion for the city of Edmonton and the community led him to co-found YEG People, an online magazine that features the stories and journeys of inspirational Edmontonians. Eric, what's up, man? Hey, buddy. How are you? Good, good. So are you enjoying the cold Thanks weather? Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome, man. Robin's You're very welcome. Cold. Welcome. Honored to be episode 10. Episode 10, man. It's episode 10 of the Ryan Holt Show. It's, uh, it's been well-received. We've had some good reviews. Um, super, super happy to, uh, to you know, launch a podcast and try to be a little bit more consistent with it. Um, but, you know, why I want you, you know, why I want you to be on the show is, you know, I noticed a couple things about you. I mean, I'd have to say you're almost like a guy that's like a, like almost like a minimalist. You're, you like the simplicity. I, your Instagram grid is always like a white background with your dog. Um, you've already won a lot of brownie points with me cause you're an animal lover. I'm an animal lover too. <laughs> My beloved Uma. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I absolutely love animals. So, um, why don't you just kind of tell me like a little bit of your vibe, man? Like you're an urban dweller. What, what the hell does that mean? What do you do? I'm a creative agency owner. We do marketing for small, medium size, some national size businesses. Yep. Uh, we do things a little bit different. We, we're, we're graphic designers. We do content strategy, social media. Yep. Um, born and raised in Edmonton, live downtown. So I've had the awesome opportunity to see downtown transform over the past five, seven years to what it is now. Yep. Super exciting. Uh, just to see the city grow. Uh, big lover of the River Valley uh, I don't what, know. <laughs> what, is, what is the definition yeah. of what is the definition of marketing? I mean, marketing is uh, you know if you you hop on Google or, or any social media platform or or YouTube or anything like that, it's you know it seems like an industry that's that's really really saturated in terms of you know everybody's a marketer, everybody's a a social media manager. But what does it really take to be successful at uh, you know at kind of marketing and and doing something that's innovative and and more customer focused, especially with 2017 landscape happening? Um, you know, on an individual level, I think not, not even a business level, I think marketing is important for all aspects. You're talking anybody who's putting anything out on social media, which is almost everybody, someone like even my mom, that's three Facebook posts a week at minimum. <laughs> yeah. Um, and especially with the social media world, you know, that's out there, you're always marketing yourself, whatever you're doing, you're putting, uh, information out there about, uh, what you're doing, your day-to-day life, 
what you, what you're passionate about. And some people may not think about it, but you know, what they're putting out there is what employers are looking for. And when you go in for an interview, people are scoping you out. So, uh, marketing on, on a, on your personal level, very important marketing on a business level, very important. And you know, the, the great part about that is, uh, with social media and the online world now, it's just so easy to get out there. There's so many awesome resources and tools, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, everything that Ryan Holtz is doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know what? And, and as a whole, yeah. do, you, do you think the social media has has made our society better or do you think it's complicated things? Like when I go around and I speak to, to groups and audiences and stuff, the one thing I always say is, I feel like in some ways social media has made us not social, meaning, you know, for somebody to actually pick up the phone and I mean, me and you're actually verbally talking right now. And that's, you know, in 2017, I don't think that happens a lot. I mean, we send messages, we send texts, we send Snapchats, Instagrams. But I think as a whole, I'd have to say, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of we're kind of communicating through a screen. You see, I don't see that as a possibly you know, I, don't, I don't say that's a negative thing. Yeah. You know, uh, social media brought you and I together and now we're having a conversation on the phone, right? It's a much easier way to connect with individuals from anywhere around the world, from all aspects. You know, if I'm looking for a mentor for my business, for any, any, you know, anything, I can reach out to them, find them on Instagram, send them a DM, reach, you know, find another email, connect with them just like that. You know, absolutely. Maybe 20 years ago, we're writing letters to find out, you know, to, to send across the world where now we, you know, the online world connects families, it connects people around the world, it connects business owners. What I really love about Instagram too is we start to see, and we talk about Edmonton, is um, emerging communities yep. uh, such as awesome uh, Instagram accounts such as Jaegers and Urban Yeg and Explore Edmonton, and people get together in you know their hobbies, interests in the community based on social media, and they they make new friends, they form new relationships, and they grow their businesses that way. Absolutely. So I think social media is a very important part of our everyday world and helps people stay connected and people say the word well they're less social because they're not talking to each other or they're not communicating one-on-one or having coffee with each other or my kids are always on the phone versus going on playing with their friends but in reality those things are awesome too but <laughs> they're actually connecting with other individuals through the phone you know when, when people stop writing letters and writing emails when that transition happened you know uh, people are hey why are they not you know, hand-to-hand writing letters now, but this is the way of the future. But and now let, let's, be let, let's reverse yeah. it just to give you an, an example. So tomorrow I'm at a, at a, at a junior high in Leduc uh, and they brought mm-hmm. me to do their keynote for mental, uh, mental awareness, mental health awareness. And the, the subject of bullying comes up because, you know, back in the day, let's say that kids were bullied at school and whatnot. And then, you know, once you left school, you're kind of like in your safe zone now with social media and phones and things like that. You know, the bullying doesn't even stop. It, it, it actually follows the, the, the person, you know, the child all the way um, to home. And I mean, you know, literally kids are committing suicide um, from online bullying. So it's interesting how social media, you're right, in, in a positive light, it brings everybody together. Um, but then on the negative side, maybe it, it also uh, amplifies some things that we don't want it to amplify. Absolutely. I'm with you then. It's very, very unfortunate when I hear things like that, yeah. you know, on the, on the news and out about, it's just, uh, I think it comes down to education, yeah. um, and, and, and connecting with your, your peers and your elders. And, and I think the government is doing a great part doing campaigns that I see, um, on TV about connecting with your teachers to talk if anything of these things are happening yeah. and connect with your parents and friends and who you can and, 
we try to prevent the those kind of measures, right? Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. being educated about that, and if, you're, if the, the person knows they're they're being put in a situation, hopefully they have uh, enough to speak out and and tell somebody about it because I think that's very important. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm trying to get my talk ready for tomorrow, and it's just it's such a huge subject, and you got 50 minutes to make it rain, which is not a lot of time. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's yeah. a, you know that that that's on the negative side. But uh, I want to spin back to uh, to the positivity here. So. Um, you know, Edmonton is definitely alive and thriving. I, I think the city's changed a lot. There's lots of different things happening. You know, the Ice District. Uh, we actually have a, a hockey team that's actually making the playoffs. I don't know if I can Love justify that. what they're what they're what they're asking for the ticket prices, but <laughs> I, I, I have to play the devil's advocate and say these are the same fans that have been paying overpriced for the tickets while they were losing for the last decade. I know I'm probably going to get heckled for saying something like that, but it kind of is the reality. So. Um, what about Edmonton literally inspired you to do YEG people and showcase, um, local talent? So, um, uh, I'm on this podcast now and it's awesome because, uh, I'm a huge fan of listening to podcasts. Uh, and I, I listen to podcasts and interviews and I always read about and listen to leaders and influencers and individuals who've uh, made an impact on this world. Uh, there've always been an awesome insight, uh, great learning points, takeaways that I picked up from each of these interviews that were brought to my everyday life. Yep. And I noticed that they're all around from the world. They could be big players from LA, New York, Toronto, Hong Kong, wherever the case is. Right. But what I wanted to see is, you know, and sometimes it, it may have made people feel, well, X, Y, Z person is in New York and because they're in the big apple and they have all these resources around them. They're able to do what they did just because of the connections and people they have around them or the city they're in, right? Yeah. But what I wanted to show is that all that is possible here in Edmonton. There's so many inspirational individuals here and, you know, the person down the road, the entrepreneur down the road, the the person making an impact in our city. And I wanted to share that story so that you or I or anybody reading could say, hey, all the possibilities of making it and fulfilling your passions and dreams is possible even if you're from Edmonton, you know, and so many people think Edmonton's such a small town, you can't do what you need to do here. But in reality, there's so much homegrown success. Um, and this is the if you know, if you want to stay here and make a difference and bring that difference to our city, it's absolutely possible. And reading these stories from other people who have done so, yep. I think can bring that inspiration to you. Yep. So, yeah, and part of that is we always wanted to, like me, my friends, and uh, my partners, Carolyn and Dan, in the Yak People Project, we always wanted to put together a brand that brings the community together, creates value, mm. uh, and creates something that would be timeless. You know, it's less less like a news feed or a blog, like, you know, what you see, some of the other things that you see out there, more so that if I'm looking back in 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and I'm reading the story about how XYZ person you know, went from A to B and the struggles they went through, that's all still relevant. So I think we can bring value to our readers uh, and each individual just creates, they have something different to tell, right? So, well, it's interesting, you yeah. know, like I've, you know, I, I do a lot of business outside of Edmonton. I mean, probably like 70% of my business literally is outside of Edmonton. Um, I wish I could travel the world like you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's, it's been, uh, it's been fantastic. You know, I, I do a lot of business in Toronto and Ottawa and, um, you know, those are larger markets and you're right. People always are like, Oh, you know, you're from Edmonton. And I literally get reactions from people, uh, out East, you know, even when I come and speak at a conference, they're like you're from Edmonton. And I, I hate to say it, but a lot of people are like, are you from Calgary? You know? And, um, <laughs> and I know, and it's just like, wow, you know, like 
why do people think like you know Edmonton's marginalized in a way? And sometimes you know I think from um, the outsider, I think people do think that. Um, but you know when you go to Toronto or like you were mentioning LA, New York, you know big markets like this, right? People say, oh, if I go there, there's more opportunity. I, I kind of have to say like the grass is not greener because there's also a lot more competition there, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you're and you're right. Edmonton's kind of this this wide open place. I, I really think it's, um, you know, I'm a big art fan. And I mean, we went to, uh, to Italy and, you know, if you look at Picasso, I mean, he had a, you know, just a blank canvas and basically it was up to him to, to paint those masterpieces. So when I look at something like this, I, I feel like Edmonton's almost got a fresh canvas and I mean, you can throw whatever paint you want at it right now. And I think that, uh, entrepreneur one one man, that's, that's opportunity, right? I think, uh, you know, what's important is, you can leave if you want to make a difference or you want to create something, you know, or we don't have something that's the wall. Toronto has X, Y, Z or New York has this and that. Why don't you be that change and do that here so that we have that here for everybody else in town? Yeah. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. So create the city that you want to live in versus just see you later. I'm going to go somewhere else. Right. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. You know, perception, percept, I, I've always been a firm believer in, in perception is reality and, and marketing to me, marketing is only illuminating, um, what that specific product or service can do to actually better somebody's life. And that really is marketing at the end of the day. Um, you know, we take a product or service, figure out who needs or wants it, figure out what the story is. But I mean, and you know, you, you mentioned like Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff and he says, you know, content is king. You know, but context is everything because I can have the best message, but if I'm not hitting people where they actually want to be hit in terms of communication, it just kind of falls through the wayside. So what was one of the reasons why you chose to have YG people be 100% online uh, publication, obviously syndicated through social media, and then all the stories lay on the website? Why no print or anything like that? Uh, No specific reason. You know, print may be something we may be looking at into the future, Uh, always had thought that maybe one day when we are ready, when we have enough articles, we can create like a nice tabletop piece that would be a coffee table piece that we could always look back to. We have amazing photos from our photographers, uh, all the individuals, but we, maybe we just never got there just yet, but it could be something down the road. Um, other than that, online was, I think, our easiest way as a distribution point um, that we're able to use the power of social media and other tools to just share and, and pass that the articles along and uh, and put our site out there versus buying a distribution in print and so on, having people pick us up and place them at their stores or whatever the case is. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Now let me ask you this because this is always a question. I like to. This is the. This is one I didn't uh, didn't send you. So this is real talk now. What right. <laughs> is your uh, opinion as, as far as digital versus traditional advertising goes? Meaning, do you think? one is superior to the other or do you think traditional's dead and digital's where it's at or does it depend on the situation or the message but what do you what's, what's your honest opinion on that digital versus traditional i love that question i actually get that a lot um just because a lot of our clients will ask that and they want to know where their marketing bucks could go i'm yeah. sure you get that as well too oh yeah absolutely um in a nutshell sometimes layering it is the best right you can get a little bit of radio, a little bit of TV, a little bit of billboard, a little bit of uh, social. Um, and, you know, you get to have customer touch points along the way, whatever it may be from the time they wake up in the morning on their phone to when they're watching the news, to when they're driving to work, to when they're at work and then and, and at the gym and so on, whatever the case may be, right? But Absolutely. I, um, and I like traditional. I'm a big fan of, uh, of traditional as well, too. And 
And I don't know if that's going anywhere just yet. But I love, love, love social because if you're looking at best bang for your buck, I think it's definitely there. You know, if we're looking, if you know your customer, you know what, what, who they are, where they are, how old they are, if they're male or female, the tools that are, you know, if they, if they like eating pizza or they like shopping <laughs> at lemon or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. We know those metrics through, through tools such as Facebook and we're able to target market them directly, you know, and you can break up your campaign versus doing multi, like one billboard campaign on street level with the general brand awareness. You could have multi different campaigns to your female customer, to your male customer, to your senior customer, to um, a first time shopper versus an ongoing shopper. And you can do that for a much, much, much better bang for your buck on social and online marketing versus your traditional. I think those things are a little bit overpriced right now. Uh, radio, billboard, um, newspaper, especially, yep. but versus, versus Facebook. And to be honest, it seems like everyone is on their phone. You know, I'm driving and it's, it's horrible, but I'm seeing somebody at the light. Everybody at the light is on their phone versus looking at the billboard. See um, that? I, I talk about that a lot. Yeah. I say that a lot. First of all, right. I think one of the highest areas of consumption of mobile phone usage is on the toilet. And when yeah. I literally <laughs> start my presentations, uh, to big crowds, my first slide is a picture of a dude that's naked. You can't see anything because his phone's covering everything. But he's literally sitting on a porcelain toilet. And I like to, you know, ascertain the integrity of the audience. So I ask one simple question. The question is, you know, how many of you have used your phone at least one time while you're using the toilet? And if anybody Every actually says, person should have raised their hand. And I've had some people that say no, and I'm like, you are a friggin' liar. You are a yes. bona fide <laughs> liar. Which which brings me to the lead point about, you know, you said you, you mentioned that you listened to the ep- episode I did about feet and it's all about the details. When somebody shakes my hand, I'm like, OK, that's cool. But your phone is disgusting, man. Like it's a dirty, dirty, <laughs> you know, germed full of everything. Right. So um, I, I agree with you. But, you know, back to your billboard comment. You know, when you're when you're at a point of stop on a major intersection, that's usually where billboards are placed psychologically because you're at a point of stop. But if everybody's got their head down on their mobile device, in my opinion, that is the billboard. And that's the billboard that we're all fighting for. Right. You're talking about Mm -hmm. cost per dollar in terms of, you know, how much does it cost to acquire a customer? I think that the one thing I I, I definitely side with digital over traditional is that. If I go and spend ten thousand dollars a month on a billboard or, or or radio or TV or newspaper, you know my account rep doesn't actually call me and say, "Hey Ryan, nobody actually engaged with your billboard, so we're going to give you your money back." Whereas when I put my money online, you know Facebook, Google, all, all the pay per click, pay per click, yeah. man. So if somebody, if, yeah, if you say hi to me, Eric, I, I will pay all day long if I know that you're saying hi to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, metrics is a big thing. You're exactly right with that point. Um, again, I do like it. Brand awareness is is awesome and everyone loves seeing their brand on a billboard yeah um but metrics i can see that xyz people you know in this group yeah uh click through my ad through like you know google adwords or facebook whatever it may be instagram huge huge right now right or um versus billboard where you know it's hard to hard to tell right i mean absolutely again the brand where it's good but if you want to see the conversion points and who's actually converting digital is where it's at absolutely and it's cheaper Absolutely. And you know what? Marketing, I mean, (laughs) well, no, no, and that's fine. And, you know, when people say, um, when people like use the words guru and all these things out there, it scares the hell out of me because I think that if you're in marketing or business, the only thing constant is change. 
you know, I would say that I'm an expert on learning what I don't know. And then also an expert on my self-awareness, knowing how much I don't know. And I think that, you know, when it comes to marketing and gurus and experts, it's the world is changing so fast. And I mean, you know, this there's, and I'm I'm sure you've never came across this, but there's no perfect marketing plan. Like you cannot sell me and say, Hey Ryan, I got the perfect marketing plan and I can guarantee this for you. You'd be completely lying to me. Right. Definitely. Every, every single business is different. Every single person's vision may be different. Maybe their outcome or goals are different, right? Absolutely. So uh, it, it's tough. But, yeah, it, it's, it's really, really amazing. Like, you know, and I was just talking to my team at the office today about how things have really changed, you know, versus 10 years ago in, in all aspects, right? The power of digital, you know, and, and, and how the world has changed. You know, even when you're watching TV now, half your audience, if you ask them, they're probably PVRing the show, right? Yeah. yeah. If they're not PVRing the show – during commercial break, they're probably on their phone surfing Facebook, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. But look at in the world. If you look at the programs, right, a lot of major programs on major networks, I mean, you literally, the actors who are starring in them are like mandated to live tweet while the show's happening just to try to right. gain and garner more eyeballs, right? Um, and when you look at YouTube, I mean, YouTube literally has more viewership when they go live on YouTube than any major network combined. So live have video. Have you tried that YouTube live? Live well, live video for YouTube, literally. So if I go and I press live now, even if you look at it, and I like to, I, I kind of talked about uh, Donald Trump on on a previous episode because <laughs> I think that marketers, regardless of what you say about Donald Trump, and I you know I won't say anything about him, whatever, right? I mean, look at the marketing. He owned everything. I mean, you turn on your computer, you turn on the TV, it was all about him, right? Um, but when you look at Facebook live and YouTube live and you compare those metrics with any like CNN or, or any news network, it's, it's not even comparable, man. It's not even comparable. And that's why I think it's important. What, what's your opinion of live video? Love by it. The, I think by the way, we are doing the, Facebook live right now. What's up? Oh, are we? Oh, we are, Eric. I didn't want to tell <laughs> you awesome. that because I knew you're nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Honestly, I, I, I think it's awesome. I, I love how... Um, all the platforms to kind of bring, bring this live. Now I think Instagram has live as well too. And, uh, uh, Snapchat's always kind of been that particular model where it's in the moment, right? Yeah. Uh, YouTube has live and Facebook live. It, it's, it's awesome because for the companies and individuals that have such a huge following radio, let's just say Nike, they can go boom, turn on the switch and you're live streaming to millions of people, you know, versus if you're looking at 15 years ago, if somebody wanted to do something like that, it would have been a 30, 40, 50,000, $100,000 production cost. Now, with a click of a button at zero dollars, you reach a million people live through video. Absolutely. How amazing is that, right? That, that, it, that, yeah. That's huge, man. I mean, it's, uh, I think, do you ever feel like there's too much? Like sometimes when I Snapchat and Instagram, I'm lazy. So I took my, I take my Snapchat and I download the story and upload to Instagram. And then sometimes there's like a special moment happening. I'm like, whoa, what platform do I catch it on? Do you ever feel like there's too much? Uh... I think different platforms could be for, for different things. And, you know, those are everyday platforms. It's probably like another five, ten platforms that are really emerging maybe in like teenage world or whatever they may be using these days, right? Absolutely. Um, sometimes I get the question, well, should I even use Snapchat or should I even post on Facebook? Some people say, hey, Twitter is dead. We don't need Twitter anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but what if it's dead until it's not dead, right? So that's, uh, you know, we never knew that. Instagram would turn on their uh, stories function and just like that, 
right? It just happened overnight where they, they changed that. And now we have all kinds of new t- types of viewership ways to reach out to our audience, right? Absolutely. Um, but there, there is a lot, uh, lots going on. There's so many different platforms. I think, uh, Stick with what you like. I think that's that's the thing and where your audience is. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. Yeah. What do you see for, for YG's future in terms of culture, business, and the millennial impact? And I mean, you know, it's uh, – have you heard of Scott Stratton on marketing? No, I haven't. He's a you – know, you know, you should pen yourself a note. On marketing, Scott Stratton, he's fantastic. Um, is it going to be in the show notes? Um, I will put in the sh- – <laughs> I, I, you know what? Maybe I should put in the sh- show notes. That damn guy, I'm giving him too much free advertising though. But um, <laughs> uh, anyways, he you know, he basically uh, did a keynote and he said uh, everybody talks about millennials like they're, they're aliens and the millennials are coming and you know, everything's about the millennials. And he said you know, you know, everybody's talking about the millennials. It's not, it's not because of anything. It's just because you know, older people just don't like them. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's interesting his take on it. Cause technically what a, a millennials, you know, 18 to 35 years old. So what do you think, how do you think they're going to have an impact on, you know, Edmonton specifically? Oh, it's a good question. Tough one. Uh, um, beauty baby. It's a beauty. I don't know if you can categorize millennials. Like I think that the 30, everyone's different. You know, sure. there's going to be the, the 18, the 22 year olds who might, because of what they grew up with may be different from like the 28 to, to 34, whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. But, uh, in, in to go back to your question in terms of, you know, what the future is of our, our city and culture and business. Like, I think it's never been more like exciting time to play in Edmonton. We definitely, everyone sees the change. Everyone sees downtown. The future is definitely bright here. Yeah. Uh, and there's been a huge shift in culture from business and growth in, in our city. And I'm loving that myself. I'm sure everyone else is too. Yep. For the first time, I think downtown, and I live downtown, so uh, yep. it's it's not a ghost town like it used to be. After work hours, you know, after farmers market closes on a Saturday, it was definitely like you know the tumbleweed going down the road kind of idea. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but it's not like that anymore, and it's it, it's awesome, right? Uh, you know, we're we're getting filled with new trendy coffee shops, restaurants, new attractions, um, hockey being downtown with, with Rogers. It's just every day I'm hearing about the, the newest and hip restaurant, the newest chef, the newest business fitness studio, all kinds of fitness studios, meditation studios, and cocktail bars and everything, right? Absolutely. So what I'm getting to, I think, is it's honestly amazing to see so many new people opening new businesses and pushing the traditional boundaries of trying new things, right? We yep. used to always be small-town mentality, new things don't work, that won't fly in Edmonton because we're just not forward-thinking, I think that's gone, you know, and I love that. And and the people who are taking the risk to open up these new new small businesses are going to be mostly those millennials, actually, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I think when it goes back to that uh, question, how they make an impact, they're the ones who are willing to take the risk, right? Yeah, um, and that they're creating this for us. So and I like kind of what you said. I think it's, it was episode nine where you're talking about being safe and stepping outside yeah. the yeah. comfort zone, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys out there haven't listened? Go check it out. <laughs> but definitely, I think uh, you know people, uh, millennials are more willing, and people have to step out of their comfort zone to fulfill their dreams and passions, right? Absolutely. Uh, and and I'm kind of seeing that more and more on any kind of level, whether you're opening a small business at home or opening a business downtown and and attracting you know new customers, whether it be a restaurant or studio, whatever it may be, they're doing it. Then. You know, they feel like the opportunity is there for growth. And, uh, People play it safe, man. I don't, yeah. I don't get why. Like, this is it's it's an illusion of like if you have a job 
and you work nine to five, Monday to Friday, you have this safety. Absolutely not. Even if you go to the bank and you're like, yo, I need some money. And they're like, yo, if you're self-employed, ho, you're going through a whole nother process, right? But yeah. if you have that full-time job, the bank's like, no problem, you have security. But you know, at any at any given time, I mean, the company can restructure, it could downsize, or the boss could come in and say, yo, thanks so much for your time. Like, I just think about it. Could you imagine working for somebody for 30 years of your life and they come and they give you like one of those stupid watches if they even give those watches yeah. anymore? I mean, what the cutbacks, f- no watches. But what the <laughs> fuck did you do with your life, man? Like, I yeah. mean, 30 years. Like, I'm like so- that. That 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 scares the shit out of me. Yeah, and you know, safe is safe is, and again, safe is different for everybody, right? Oh, it sure. You can be safe, and it it could be financially safe for them, right? Sure. That let's say they're making multiple six figures or whatever they may be working at X Y Z company, right? Sure. And for thirty years, is that safe? But is is it still safe if they're miserable? (laughs) They hate their job. Yeah. They hate going to work. They come home. They're grumpy. They're grumpy to their family. you know, they're stressed out to shit. Yeah. You know, they're taking lives, uh, years off their life because they're super stressed and hate their job. They complain about it to everybody. Yeah. Is that worth it? Is that safe? Is your financial security? Eric, I'm going to go one step. I'm going to go one step right? forward on you, though. I'm going to go one step forward. I, I recently had we recently had our first child, my son, Dejan. I am mm-hmm. telling you, man, if you want to know about the impacts positively about entrepreneurship, being a father and a parent and literally getting to see every single moment from like birth to like now, there is no money that could ever match that feeling. And, you know, being a parent and being an entrepreneur and having that flexibility, that's worth mm-hmm. like double six figures in itself. And I think right. even for me, that's something I would have never even been able to to ascertain or even understand until I went through it. But I tell people all the time, cause I mean, I have lots of friends and stuff like that. And you know, people that work full time, especially like, especially if it's kind of like your traditional household where maybe mom stays at home and stuff like that. And then dad goes out to work. A lot of the kids, sometimes they don't even develop a relationship with their own father until kind of later on in life. And, you know, talking mm-hmm. to guys and stuff about it, it's crazy. Cause you know, I even, I one phrase like, yo, I come home and I, I feel like almost my baby doesn't even know who I am. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you yeah. think? Of, what do you think of that? I think you know, I was there. My parents actually worked abroad when I was young, growing up here. Yeah. My grandparents raised me, which I'm super fortunate. Yeah. Uh, but they had to. That's just how things were, you know, 30 years ago, right? Um, things are a little bit different now. I think the opportunity. When we talk about the digital world and the opportunities that are, I can open up business tomorrow, just like that on Instagram or whatever it may be, right? Yeah. Uh, things are different now, and the opportunities for you to be more flexible with your time are, is definitely there, Absolutely. right? And uh, and I think when you look back and we're talking about the subject about safe and all that and work life balance, I think if you if you just speak to anybody as as they get older or they're on their deathbed, I think they'll never tell you I regret not working harder, spending more time in the office and making more money. The things they might regret is, you know, I missed out my whole child my my whole son's childhood from, you know, whatever it may be, right? So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's huge. Eh? And you kind of understand that from uh, Sheldon class on Facebook just said uh, most dads never get that. I feel that I never uh, saw my dad. He worked retail 60 plus hours a week. Uh, Sheldon, thanks for the comment. We've had lots of comments here, but I just don't want to cut you off. But I mean, that's <laughs> no that. To me, yeah, that to me is uh, that to me is a huge uh, just a huge thing. And um, it's something that, you know, as a, I think even my upbringing, too. I mean, my, my mom was a single mom and um, you know, I just, I found that, you know, the time you get to spend with your family, man, it's, it's huge. And you're right. I mean, you pay the cost to be the boss. So, 
you know, not everybody's willing to hop on a plane 70 times a year and do all these things, but to have that flexibility with your schedule, I think trumps everything, you know? So, um, monetarily sure there's, uh, there's good benefits there, but, uh, man, just being able to do what you want in life, priceless brother, priceless. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think it's, it's exactly what you're saying though, whether it be your own, your own, your boss, who are, if working for somebody nine to five and then shutting off, uh, and not have any worries after that until next day at 9 a.m. Yeah. If that's what your goal is in life and that's what you want, you know, and you want to be able to, no matter what happens, you'll be free after five and you can make all those practices and you can do all those things, right? You'll never get caught up in a meeting across the country because, you know, that's just not part of your schedule. That's what you want. That's amazing. That's awesome, right? You know, that's, yep. go for that, right? Yep. So yep. I think everybody's different. Everybody. So the definition of safe is, is going to be different for everybody, you know? Absolutely. So, so you being yeah. a, you being a business owner, I mean, you know, when you leave work, do you ever leave work? Do you shut you know Do you shut down your phone? Do you put your phone aside? I mean, how do you balance twenty four seven hustle twenty four seven hustle hustle? Yeah, <laughs> just like you, yeah, yeah. It's 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 crazy, you know. And I mean, I've really tried to you know. Sometimes I literally put my phone aside and I literally have to put it on silent, you know, and just like and face down. I can't because if I see the glow. You know, the glow that happens, you're yeah. just like, oh, man, the, the, the phone's going. I, I did cave to the Apple Watch, um, <laughs> you know, so I have um, one, too. <laughs> I know. I know. So I'm like, OK, I got to put the, I got to put that on silent. I can't even have that on vibrate because now I'm vibrating. Right. But, um, you know, I think it's really huge. So it's a great segue into my next question. What, what are three tips you would give um, somebody if they were to start their own business today, given the current online social media and digital revolution we are in the middle of what three tips like just straight up they could go and use if they had zero money, um, but they had some work ethic and, and an idea they wanted to, to pursue. Oh, I don't know if I can break it down. It's just three tips, but give, give uh, as many, you, you, whatever you, you got to break it down, just break oh, it down. Uh, you mentioned they, they got work ethic. I think that's absolutely number one. Yep. When hard work will always, always pay off. You know, you put in the time, you'll reap the benefits, no matter what that may be. But when I break down three tips, I think number one, two, and three main tips is get started today and just do it. Yep. Just like Nike. <laughs> but just get started. <laughs> well, it's just kind get of, started. It's kind of like that quote, though, you know, do not let perfection hinder you, but intent is king, right? Meaning, you know, everybody said they were going to write the book or the the thing that they wanted to do and they just wanted to get it shiny and perfect. And I mean, they got, you just got to execute, right? Yeah. Here's a quote I, I you know, that goes back to when you mentioned quotes sure. that I really like. Um, it's, uh, I think if you want to get to where you haven't gotten life, you have to do what you've never done. Uh, right. Yeah. I think that's Steve Weatherford. Uh, I believe that's where yeah. I heard it from. Not sure if it's his or not, yeah. but absolutely. If you, you know, uh, if you, if you want to be somewhere else in life and get to a different place, you have to do something different. You know, if you're on treadmill, you're running, you're not going anywhere, right? Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. So back to getting started today, I think, again. Don't confuse, uh, movement, don't confuse movement with progress, right? Yes. And, and, I, and sorry to interject here. I, I find no, that no people, people are networking, right? Like people go to all these networking events. I did, a, I did an episode on this and I'm very vicious when it comes to networking groups and networking events and you know, and I'm going to say a statement is kind of harsh, but sometimes I feel like a lot of networking groups are full of people who just can't execute and do shit. So they just want to meet other people who can't execute and do shit. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you really look at successful people or people who are hustling, you don't see a lot of them at quote unquote networking events per se. 
They, I know there's some great ones out there. I'm not saying this is all networking events, but what I've had, like a lot of people ask me for advice and questions all the time. And, you know, they're kind of like serial networkers. And then I'm like, okay, you know, I kind of ask them some simple questions and I'm like, well, you went to a networking event, you know, like, how, okay. Like if, for instance, if I go to a conference, my rule of thumb is I don't care what I learn, but I have to literally take, like, even if I get three points from that conference, I go back and the first thing I do is I execute on 90% of what I thought was good before I do anything. I, I, that's right. just my ultimate rule. I will take it back and I will literally start executing on it like, like ASAP. So what do you think about networking versus not working? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, I know you're saying networking. I don't think networking is a bad thing. Networking is connecting with people, uh, whether it be similar interest groups or not interest groups. It's it's still connecting, uh, and it could be individuals who who just need that who need that method to get out there. Uh, I've heard a lot of success for people who either one they're in networking groups just to break out of their shell, yep. so they they learn how to speak and learn how to meet new people and, and make new friends. I've heard other ones who join network groups. Of tremendous success in business just because of the groups they're in. They've got all or 90% of their clients from the networking groups, and those groups have referred them to more and more clients. So in some cases, it works for them. In some cases, it works for them on a personal level. But networking is like we go back to social. Everybody should be networking on social. You know, Absolutely. I, if, if there's somebody I want to connect with, boom, they get a DM like, hey, man, how's it going? I love what you're doing. I want to connect with you and work with you, whatever the case may be, right? So networking, yep. again, that's power. The social that they give us these days is we're able to network with anyone around around the world through anything. You know, yeah, I could search LinkedIn and find somebody. If I'm looking for the CEO of XYZ Large Corp in Europe, boom, there they are. Send, yeah. them, a, send them a message, right? So networking could be, could be anything, right? Um, you know the one thing I like about social, yeah. right? And I, you know, again... You know, I'm all about Inst- Instagram direct is something that I think is huge. You know, it's uh, um, I do a lot of brand ambassadorship. So, you know, basically companies will send me stuff and I'll talk about it. They'll give it to me for free influencer style programs. Right. But mm-hmm. when it comes to Instagram and things like that, one thing I really try to do in the last year is, you know, it's one thing liking somebody's photo and then commenting and stuff like that. But I, I'll pick literally random people every month or two months and say, let's go for lunch. And even if I don't know them, I've never met them or anything like that. And I'm like, let's just go for lunch. And I have met everybody from police officers to, I mean, priests to, I mean, just it's been insane. And what I find is that, you know, as soon as you meet that person in real life, you know, IRL, and then you hop back on the phone, that relationship that you have with that, it's like it's it it really solidifies something. You know, I really try to do that. You know, meet them online, get them offline. If if I think we can vibe, you know, and I think mm-hmm. it's something that is is. When are uh, we going for lunch? Where's my invite? <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No, I, I love I, I love I love that too. Again, connecting with people on all levels. But you know, people say, "Well, we're not social. We're not having lunch together, meeting." But yep. it's because of social that you were able to connect with that person, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. social media is the ultimate icebreaker. I mean, let's face it, right? I mean, you can literally approach people that maybe. You know, depending on, you know, maybe you're shy, maybe you're introverted, extroverted, whatever it is. I mean, uh, 
Um, you know, I think, I think at the end of the day though, it's, it's something that is, uh, you know, it, it just breaks the ice and it allows you to have fun. Somebody's just saying my heart is too big. <laughs> I guess I'm giving free lunches. <laughs> so my heart's too big. <laughs> Thanks Jay, man. I appreciate the Facebook live brother. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, again, right. I, I think what you, you know, going back to your tips and stuff like that, um, is there anything you want to add to that in, in terms of somebody starting a business and, yeah. and executing? I definitely say get started today. Like I mentioned, um, I think this is the single best time in the world uh, if you want to start your own business, just because, again, the, the resources that are out there, there's so much abundance of resources that you can access by just pulling out your phone and hit search. If you want to research anything, you want to learn how to build an online store, you want to sell, you know, whatever that may be, right? You can get into it by just Googling, right? Um, there's podcasts out there for any kind of industry, for anything you want to learn how to do, free online classes, Absolutely. Ryan Holt's podcast. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Unlimited. There's all kinds of blogs out there. Um, and then there's people that are out there, just like you said, we were able to connect. I bet you if you reach out to 20, 30, 40, 100 people, you know, and if you were serious about it, you'll reach out to thousands of people and you're like, hey, I want to sit down for coffee. I love what you're doing. I'm looking for a mentor. I want to learn, right? Absolutely. Thousands, you know, hundreds, you, you can reach out to hundreds. If you want it, it's out there. If you want it, get it, right? Absolutely. Uh, I got a shout out to Jovar Gentles on, uh, on Facebook Live here. He's uh, he's kind of a younger dude, but he, he's doing some cool things. But he's he's messaged me, asking me for all kinds of advice and things like that. But this this is you talk about mentorship. He's he's somebody that man. He just he wants to hustle and he wants to go. And you know you see all these people, and I mean it's just it's so hard. You know when somebody asks you like what what do I need to do to to get to the next level or or, or push business or do that because like I understand I feel everybody's pain. It, you know and you know this man. It's not easy. Like there's some days I've, I, I think I've literally cried, man. I've cried. I've literally just been like, mm-hmm. what the hell happened? And because it's your business, you know, I think you're emotionally involved and attached to your business. You know what I'm saying? You 24 kinda, seven. One, 24 seven. Yeah. So somebody says you suck. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I could say I'm a human and be like, no, no, that doesn't affect me. Man, that affects me. Right. I'm like, yeah. you said I you you wrote, <laughs> you wrote a bad review damn like oh you know and you're just like whoa you know you're you're so you it is i mean it is your child right my business is my first child dejan's my human child and i love him and you know <laughs> he's gonna you know we'll see what he grows up to be but i mean whatever it is it's gonna be cool but um yeah i mean i agree with what you're saying in terms of the tips um yeah now you've you had to, you just have to go and do it <laughs> I, absolutely it's just to execute yeah. Now you've had a bird's eye view of interviewing some cool people from um, the Glow, Glow Juicery to um, uh, Teresa Spinelli uh, Italian Center. I mean, man, what a business! You know, you've kind of um, interviewed people from all walks of life, all different industries. Um, so, I mean, having kind of that, you know, one to one. What is what's a few things that you just walked away and saying? wow, I never ever would have even thought of that or, or something that maybe just kind of lit, like lit your fire or anything that inspired you or, or things that you, um, even just one common thing you found that everybody kind of told you, like, you know, in terms of work ethic or something specific, like what, what have you learned, man? They pushed number one thing and it goes back to that safe that you talked about. They pushed past their boundaries. Yeah. They felt like it was their passion. Something made them just do it. And then they, they did it right, and I get it. You never know unless you try. Definitely works. Um, but what do you they, think they with the all courage. them? They what? have the courage, all right? <laughs> okay, okay, you're right. But you said yeah. a good point there. They they all had an idea and then they executed on the business and they and they executed. But 
what made them different from saying I had the idea to, to turning on the switch to say, I'm going to go and execute on the idea. Like what common denominator did you see in everybody that they had that ability to actually execute? Oh, it's a great question. Yeah. It's a a good question. I don't know. I think every, again, I think every individual is different and and it's not always business that they were executing on. Some of them may be uh, on their passion and some of them may be community work or whatever they may be. Right. Um, it goes back to like your previous question a little bit. I think they have to understand what they want and they have to understand, uh, their passion and their dreams. And, you know, they would, they want to take the journey, right? It's not always about that end goal. It's about the journey that, and I think you can relate to that, right? The journey yep. about how you went from zero to where you're at right now. Yeah. Um, and they're willing to take that risk to enjoy the journey, whatever they be, that may be because they're able to, build relationships along the way, take learning lessons along the way. They're going to fall along the way, um, but they're going to meet people and they're going to get help from others that will help them get to where they're going. As long as they keep following their passion, you know, it could take one year, it could take two years. I've seen the people take 30 years to get where they're at. Right. But they never lost sight of what they love doing. Right. And then that kept their drive going. Absolutely. Um, in, in some other, in some other aspects, I think, uh, yeah. From what the common dominant I see is that people just push forward and they didn't give a shit about whatever uh, people said about them or whatever the case may be, where it's possible or not possible. They decided to take the risk, plunge in, go all in yep. and see how it goes. Right. You know what? You know what common denominator I, I've noticed between everybody owns a business and really pushes and gets up and, you know, just just is on fire. They all have one thing in common. They don't care about the micro. They're so focused on the macro. They're so focused. They're so focused on the long term, meaning you had 10 meetings, you go, you get up and you got a flat tire. (laughs) And I know it sounds funny, but that's enough to shake you because I mean, wow, you got a flat tire like that changes your whole day. But that's something that's an example of just like, you know, I I call it like the hair in the back of your neck. You know, when you get upset about something or something bugs you or you just kind of got this little itch in the back and you're like, oh, I feel this, you know, and yeah. it, just, it just takes you off your game, you know, and you're like, don't do that. You're think, getting in the way. I think too many people focus, focus on the short term, just like you said, right? And they're looking for how come I'm not making big bucks or making this difference right now, right then. Unfortunately, the social media world and the online world makes everything, everybody wants everything instantly now, right? That's just <laughs> See, how it and, is. But and, and that's they the got to focus on the long term, the long game, the long term yeah. game. That's right? the thing. That's what they got to be working on. But I yeah. kind of think a lot of younger people and millennials and maybe people in general, they want everything overnight and it's the, it's the law, it's, it's, it's the quick fix. Now here's, and you got to admit this in marketing. Now, I, I mean, I, I'm in saturating the automotive community, so I got lots of, lots of clients there and whatnot. I understand we study what the customer does. Now here's what's happened in the automotive community. Okay. Dealerships notoriously have been marketing for one night stands. Now, customers are coming back saying, we don't want the one night stand. We want the marriage. So we're, mm-hmm. so dealerships market based on the short term and let's get it done. And what can we do to increase tomorrow? And they don't care what the cost is long term. The customer is saying, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. If you screw me on the price of the car, not only am I going to tell everybody on my Facebook, not only am I going to figure it out, but I'm going to cause you living grief after the sale has been made. So that right. level of transparency, it changes everything. What do you think? I don't change the game one. I think the, uh, 
everyone goes out there and has an opinion, no matter good or bad. And unfortunately, we hear more of those negative reviews versus yeah. the 10,000 positive reviews. You know, yeah, I had a customer yeah. call me yesterday, like, this yeah. person was insane and yeah. and had this major problem. It was all in their end. And then they just left me a negative review. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and unfortunately, the 20,000 people who were super happy didn't leave the review. Right. Absolutely. But um, I, I'm with you on the long term. And then we talk about the marriage of the relationship yeah. uh, versus just a one night stand. It, it even happens before you get to the one night stand. I think the customer should be nurtured along the way, Absolutely. all the way through to the point where they become the customer. They get in the door. They're taking the test drive. You make the sale. You know, and I think that I think unfortunately some of the sales people might not know that. Right. They yeah. want they should be taking care of the customer all the way through. And that customer is going to tell their friend post it on Facebook about the good experience, share the picture with them, a selfie with the, the person, with the car, and them saying, this is my awesome new BMW with XYZ Steve. He helped me here, right? Those things happen. Absolutely. Right? So I think, and then that relationship should continue to grow ongoing, not even to talk about cars or make the sale, right? If you're going to be building that relationship along the way, you're going to be, uh, you know, have value around that, right? And in the long term, you are going to win. Right. Absolutely. And some people just want that sale in out. See you later. Never call that customer ever again. Right. Um, and I think the most important part is just staying in touch with them on a personal level. Right. If you know that Steve who bought that car loves hockey. Right. And he just referred you five customers or whatever the case be. Send him a ticket to that Oilers playoffs game. Right. There you go, people, man. You got to pick up on the details. And I talk, oh. I think you talked about details all the way through. And I think people, Unfortunately, are not doing that sometimes. And even if they don't tell you, go on their Instagram, on their Facebook. Find out what they're doing. Oh. The guy likes eating pizza. You see him posting pictures of pizza all day long. Oh. Send him pizza. Right? Oh. It's just that easy. It that's, is again, really... that's the power of social. You can oh. find out about your customer. Oh. But people are not doing that yet. <laughs> so dealerships notoriously spend stupid amounts yeah. of crappy money on you know, customer touch programs and we call them customer loyalty programs. And I call them customer ha- harassment fondle programs because you're touching <laughs> the customer, you're sending them stupid letters, you're sending them this and that. Like for instance, right? One of my prime examples, and I don't understand why this doesn't happen. You go in, you buy a car and one year later you get that service reminder saying, okay, Eric, think, you know, it's time for you to bring in your car for service. Well, you were sold on the, on, the, on the promise of the car that you were buying an amazing car. Now their first contact with you is that your car is a piece of shit and needs to come in for service. <laughs> Whereas they could have just said, hey, Eric, according to our records, happy birthday on your vehicle. Here's a, a $10 gift card to Starbucks. Go enjoy some coffee. And I know you would look at your phone and be like, yo, my dealership just gave me a $10 Starbucks and said, have coffee on me. Happy birthday to my ride. I mean, it's remarkable, yeah. is it not? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it doesn't cost I'll, I'll much tell you, money. I'll tell you a true story, but uh, maybe we're off topic a little bit. We're that, talking about automotive, right? Oh, man, it's all good. I brought my car in for service. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what service it is. They were supposed to change the air filter of the cabin, yep. right? Like like they always do. Sometimes I feel like they don't need to, right? But they're yep. going to upsell you that anyway. Yeah. Service lady came back and said, hey, your service, your air filter for the cabin is long overdue this past couple times or whatever the case is. But it's actually still very clean. So we're not going to replace it for you. We're going to save you money. They also brought me over to the nice area, help yourself to coffee, also gave me a travel mug to go. Said, hey, this is a travel mug. It's on the house. It's for you. Just hold on to this. Your car will be ready. Also, I actually washed your car and also cleaned the mats inside your car and no extra costs for you. Oh, that's beautiful. I've told 
50 people yeah. about service this dealership. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, just because, right. <laughs> just because of those little personal notes that they've done for me. Right. They said they could have charged me like everyone always does. I said, you know what? In reality, it's not dirty. It's not there yet. We're going to save you the money this time and not worth, you know, I've never seen that before. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And people are generally scared of dealerships. They're scared that people will take them for whatever the case may be, right? It's but all now about I have the details. I, I, I trust them now forever. Oh, right? it's, all, it's all about the details. It really is. Um, yeah. And you know what? It's not off topic. I mean, this, this all kind of bleeds into one. Um, but I mean, you know what? We've been, we've been having a good chat here. I think, uh, is there anything else um, you'd like to add? I mean, in terms of, uh, the future of YG people, anything specifically or anything you just want to tell, tell the audience at this point? I think I just want to circle back to uh, that, that um, starting a business yep. uh, question, right? I think yep. going back to uh, passion, what you love doing, whatever that may be, right? Uh, I think if you build a business around your passion, you'll never really be working, right? Yeah, no and I doubt. think you and I can... <laughs> if you love can, what you do, re- you'll never work a damn day in your life. You're very right about that. Yeah. Sounds funny, but hey, if you love what you're doing, it's not like you're doing that nine to five and going home and hating it, right? But let me ask you this, though. A lot of people struggle with finding what their button is, finding out what their passion is or finding out what they want to wrap a business around. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I think it comes down to self-awareness. Some people say, well, all I want to do is make money. And then I think that's a short term because eventually you can make all the money in the world. And then you're just going to be like, I'm, I'm just not passionate about what I'm doing anymore. And if you're a true entrepreneur, in my opinion, you're all about the journey and you're all about the hustle. You like the innovation. Mm-hmm. You like, like, I like getting beat you up. You like the challenge. I, I do. Yeah. I'm nitty gritty, man. <laughs> I, I used to play football. I mean, I, I like, I like, I, I'm, un- I'm so comfortable being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Like I, mm-hmm. when I go speak every time, I still get nervous. You know, tomorrow I got to go speak to 550, 14 year olds. <laughs> you know you know they're gonna be like yo this guy and i'm an ancient dinosaur like i mean i remember when i was 14 it was crazy right but you know i i'm so comfortable being uncomfortable and i think that if people go too long in their life and they've never felt uncomfortable i don't think you're growing i think you're complacent mm-hmm. what do you think i think you have to i think you have to try new things absolutely right you call me, hey, would you like to be on this podcast? I love podcasts. I'm nervous. I've never been on a podcast before, right? Yeah. I'm not the person that goes and speaks in front of crowds like you. But I was, you know what? One of my things on my list every single day is try new things. Be uncomfortable, right? Push outside the boundaries. So I'm going to say yes. I said yes. Let's do this, right? So Eric, I think this uh, is great, man. You got yeah. episode 10 here <laughs> and you got, you got your first ever interview on our podcast. This is a special podcast. I hope you'll share it out once I have it uploaded and everything like that. Um, I'd appreciate it. Is YG people, you think YG people would do a podcast down the road? I could see that being a really good medium, to be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. In it. I yeah. think uh, that's something that could be on the horizon here. I like yeah. that. Well, if you, if you yeah. need any tips on starting it, you know, where to, you know, you know who to take out for, for sure. lunch, right? <laughs> Yeah. And I just want to say thanks so much for what you're doing. Keep up the good work. I think uh, your audience, your fans uh, get so much amazing points from from what you're putting out there to the world and have great takeaways. So keep up the good work. And I want to see episode 100, 150, (laughs) 1000, right? (laughs) You know know what, Eric? I mean, and this is the reality is that, you know, a lot of people like – it's weird. I don't even do an email list. I don't do any of that. And, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I meet so many people, you know, through speaking and then clients and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, a lot of people are like, well, Ryan, you know, you don't even do any online workshops. I do a lot of workshops through the provincial associations and stuff, but they're not open to the public. And 
Um, a lot of people are like, you know, you don't even do any masterminds or anything like that. And it's, you know, it's weird. I, I think there's a level of, um, I think once I don't want to go down that road because I think I'd be like every other person out there. And even with my own social media, which I'm, you're on it. I don't really plug a lot of, you know, call Ryan for this or call, you know, Ryan for that, or here's the services. I think I'm so focused on inbound, meaning I think that, you know, if I can build a good relationship with a good community, you know, people will reach out to me and, you know, my business, I'm proud to say that I'm never cold called. I've never knocked on one door. Every single client I have is a client that was referred or, or found me via online. And I, you know, I'm, I'm very, very proud to say that. So I appreciate the good words and it's, uh, it's good coming for you. I mean, you're a, you're a 100 percent uh, YEG hustler. <laughs> yeah, um, I love what you're putting out. Like you're not putting out those like, hey, call this and that. You're showing the authentic self. Your family photos. You're having fun. Yep. That's what people want to see. Your Absolutely. true authentic self. Absolutely, There's so many man. Instagram Absolutely. accounts that are pictures of whatever maybe cars watches this that whatever right you, you know what i'm talking about right yeah man absolutely i want to see the real people behind that right yeah. so that's and that's what you're doing so keep it up thanks so much man uh anyways uh stay on the line eric anyways uh it has been episode 10 of the ryan Holt show um if you've gotten any value from the show please uh sh- tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend please rate it on google play or itunes um you can connect with me at ryan Holt's one on instagram snapchat periscope uh, whatever. And Eric, please tell everybody how they can reach out to you and what the best way is. Uh, you can reach me on Instagram or email eric at eccinc.ca. Love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for having me. And Eric, we got to do the customary 3-2-1 boom. So you ready for this? 3-2-1 boom! boom. <laughs> you did so good on the podcast, Eric. Thanks so much for coming on. And uh, I will shoot you a message when it's up and running. All right, man? Thank you. Take care. Ciao. Take care.